0: I just looked like my skin was gray because I was so tired or my hair would fall out because I was so anxious. And that's when I was like, okay, this is having like a literal effect on me. Like I have to take control of this and I have to become empowered because I don't want to let this run my life.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode 11 of the Mad Happy podcast. I'm Mason, one of the co-founders of Mad Happy, and we created this podcast to have conversations about mental health. We talk about some pretty serious topics on the show. We are by no means professionals and are not giving advice. If you or someone you know needs help, please visit us at localoptimist.com backslash podcasts. Today, we're so excited to share our conversation with Tink's. One of the biggest reasons why we wanted to have Tinks on the show was that she's a huge mental health advocate and really has a lot of mental health messaging and self-care work in her TikTok. She's known as the big sister of TikTok. And what was super interesting to me is she didn't even get into the game until in the middle of the pandemic when she totally made a huge change and switched up her life to become a full-time content creator. Payman and I were super appreciative about Tink's being so open with us about her mental health journey, some of her early experiences with anxiety as a young girl, and all of her viral moments about friendships, relationships, advice, and even touching on some of her rich mom characters, which we didn't know anything about. The Mad Happy Podcast is brought to you by Optimism. Please enjoy the show with Tink's.
2: Today, we're joined by our friend Tink's. Tinks, I'm curious, like, what, how do you introduce yourself these days when you meet someone new?
0: I introduce myself as Tinks, and it's always difficult when I'm like at a party because no one can ever hear me. They're like, drinks, stinks, what? And so my phone case says my name on it. So I just usually turn around and I'm like, Tinks, that's me. Uh, honestly, <laughs> um, that's
2: good. That's but, a great yeah. way to do it because yeah. my name <laughs> is Payman. It's like, it's impossible to even say at, at any party. So I could definitely relate. Um, but and you I, got,
1: uh, you got given that one. Yeah, she chose hers. I got
2: given it and, I, and it wouldn't work on a phone case just cause like they still wouldn't know how to say it. So yeah, um, I
0: think having like a, a tricky name or a nickname, I think it builds character, honestly, you cause you have to explain it. And it's just like that little moment of awkwardness. And then you are like, yeah, that's, that's how you say my name. That's my name. So. Yeah,
2: exactly. I, I, I do agree. I, I am thankful for it now, even though like, I kind of hated it when I was growing up. Um, And I'm curious, like, what do you, when you introduce yourself, like, and someone's like, oh, like, what do you do? How do you talk about that?
0: Now I say I'm a content creator, but obviously this has been a new job for me. So um, for a while, I didn't know what to say. I was like, I'm the oldest TikToker out there. I don't, I'm this, I'm that. But (laughs) now I just say I'm a content creator. And then if they ask, oh, what does that mean? I say, I do a lot of Instagram. I do a lot of TikTok. Working on a cool, a couple of cool other projects. So
2: yeah, that's awesome. I think. I think I first started seeing your content maybe like six or so months ago and it was just it felt very different to me like no one was doing that type of content I think that uniqueness definitely shines through and I feel like is like what allows you know you to build such a like loyal audience that I feel like you have so we're really honored to have you on and we feel like there's such a strong mental health message in in the advice you're giving and in, in this the message you're spreading so really excited about getting into that
1: totally um we'll start off with a prompt from our journal that we like to start off every episode with that we all answer uh we all get to learn a little bit about each other i'll let payment go first this time because he always gets mad at me that he goes last <laughs> but today's kind of a two-parter i want to know from you guys what is a new habit that you are trying to build or what is an old habit that you are trying to get rid of and why
2: wow okay um so i'll answer tinks you'll go next and then mason will answer um but wow, that's a good one. I think I think for me, it's like, I think they're part of the same thing. Like when you're trying to build a new habit, you're almost like also breaking an old one, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I think that over the past like year and a half of COVID, like I got into this like specific routine and I think it was harder to have like balance in my life, like especially with like work picking up a lot and then like not being able to go anywhere. So I feel like the blurred lines of like, work and not working uh have gotten super hard for me and so i think a habit that i'm trying to build is to be able to step away which is also breaking the habit of like always working or like always answering stuff and so that's definitely a challenge for me right now
1: yeah you also just last week you said that you finally didn't look at your phone for like a whole day for the first time in a long time
2: so that was also another development um where yeah it was it was big for me Tanks, we're gonna ask you about that later because, like, I'm curious how you do that when, like, your phone is your job. Um, but, um, Proud but, of you for that one, <laughs> But Yeah, thank you. Um, Tanks, what about you?
0: Gosh, I'm gonna be super honest, and this isn't cool. I am trying to break the habit of, well, similar to you, I feel like now we're all re entering the world and there's so much going on. And I don't know if you guys feel it this summer, it just feels like chaotic almost. There's so many demands. Work wise, social wise, I'm trying to um, like break my FOMO because I feel like it's come back. Like it's, I didn't really have it before the pandemic, but now all of a sudden I feel myself like I, I feel really pulled in a million directions and like never knowing what to do. And, you know, I, I feel like the pandemic was so it taught me so much because it taught me to be still. And it taught me to be really present. And it taught me to really, you know, there would be like one thing per day. It would be like, oh, you're going on a socially distant walk with a friend. And that was like your whole day. It was so exciting to do that. And like, you really valued it. And then now we're back to this place where there's so many events. I'm very lucky to be invited to a lot of stuff for work or like whatever. And I just feel the need to go to everything. And I'm like, okay, is, do I need to go to five things today or can I pick one and like really be present? So I'm trying to, I guess, relearn an old habit or what have you, and just bring that learning from the pandemic to, to my present day, because FOMO is so dumb and it just makes you feel so stressed out and, um, and ungrounded. So I'm trying to just be like, it's okay. You don't have to go to every event or whatever. But it's a struggle.
2: Yeah, no, I definitely feel that. I mean, I think that like, it's like, especially when you feel like, oh, like, there's other things I should be doing. But like, I feel like I want to go to this thing. Like, it's like, this like weird feeling. And, and it's just like, yeah, I don't know, it's almost like insecurity. And, and just like not feeling like going to one thing is enough, uh, which is just like a a weird thing. But yeah, you're right. It's like, you haven't had to practice that for 18 months. So it's like, now that it's back, it's like, Whoa <laughs> yeah i
1: think I think it's interesting to hear you talk about fomo tinks because for most people or the way that I've experienced it, it's like hanging out with friends socially at parties and stuff. But for you, now that it's kind of become intertwined with what you do, it's like not going to that event is almost like for me, I think like not going to a meeting or like something like that where it's a potential like door that could open or like a new partnership that you could have so like those lines being blurred, I can only imagine just like how much more complicated that kind of makes everything.
0: Totally. And it's so new for me. Like, I, I mean, everybody did. But for me, especially, I went into the pandemic and exited the pandemic, not that we're out of it. But you know, on this other side of it, a totally different person, I have a new career, I have a totally new set of demands, I have a new daily schedule. And you're right, like the place that events and parties like hold in my life is different. Now the lines are so blurred. And, and I'll be honest, that's something that I'm still figuring out because many times I will go to an event and I'll meet someone and we'll end up collaborating or, you know, we'll do a brand deal from it. So it's just like, it, it's a lot. Like when I say FOMO, I mean, even like work FOMO, if that makes yeah, sense, yeah. like like everything. It's just like, I don't, uh, gosh, I'm really bad Maybe instead of FOMO, I should have just said I have terrible time management and I'm trying to fix that because I never like, I don't know. It's really, it's an upward battle for me, but I'm working on it. For sure. All
1: right. Mine is, uh, mine's a little bit embarrassing to say honestly, but it's something that I've struggled with a long time. And I think it's like a byproduct uh, of depression that like a lot of people have. So hopefully people can relate to this. Is just like improving my hygiene. It's like trying to build a habit of like taking a shower every single day brushing my teeth two times a day, like just being clean and kind of those fundamental basics that I honestly have really struggled with a lot. My entire life is just like getting up and doing those things. And then every time, always after I shower or get in bed or whatever, I'm like, this feels really good and I feel clean and I just feel like happy. And it's something that my girlfriend has been trying to get me to do for a long time. Uh, So that's the habit that I'm trying to build.
2: Yeah, that's real. No, I'm, That's a big one (laughs) (laughs) for sure. Um, Okay, cool. So getting into it, I think, Tinks, what I'm wondering is like growing up, when was like the first time you consciously remember or now looking back at it, remember like a mental health experience? Like, was there a time growing up that like you look at as like, oh, like that was probably the first time I was struggling with something?
0: Yeah, I had really, really bad anxiety from my early, like almost preteens. Like I had such bad anxiety that I had like insomnia is like a 13 year old and I was just like constantly panicked. And I I didn't know that it was anxiety at the time. I just, I kind of just would say like, I'm scared all the time or like I didn't have the verbiage or like the knowledge to explain it. But I would just say like, I was scared all the time. I could never sleep. And my parents, they're so sweet. They were always so supportive. Like my dad would like sleep. He would promise to sleep on the floor outside of my bedroom for like months because I was so afraid and it was just, you know, it was like undi- undiagnosed um, general anxiety disorder. And,
2: yeah.
0: you know, that kind of ebbs and flows as anyone who struggles with mental health knows. But it was just, it was, yeah, it was probably like 13, 14 for me um, that kicked things off. And it's been a journey ever since.
2: <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm curious, like, do you think that there's things going on in your life, whether it was like comparison or jealousy, like with like school things, or was it like that? Or do you think it was just something that naturally occurred or a combination thereof if you remember.
0: I think it was a combination of things. I think you know I think it was it's always like something within you. It's just like the way your brain works or um you know the the pattern the neural patterns that you have, but I had um one of my best friends leave and move to Amer- I grew up in London and she moved to America when I like right around that age. And my mom always says she was like when she left like you really like were not okay and you were just so upset. But I kind of just always think that I've been like a very anxious person and and struggled with it. But sometimes that there's like a a spark that kind of lights the match and that might have been it.
1: Yeah, I think for so many people who've had similar experiences, the biggest thing is like identifying and understanding it. So like what was your path like? I know you mentioned that like you didn't even know. What it was at the time it sounds like your parents were very supportive which is like a huge thing to have what was your path of kind of understanding like what this is how it affects me and how i can kind of rely on these people in my support system to like help protect me
0: i really credit my parents again and and you know this is something as my platform grows that i think about like how many people don't have families that are supportive or resources because yeah. i went to therapy pretty young because I was just so tired, like I could barely go to school. I had such bad insomnia because I was so afraid to fall asleep. And so I went to, I tried out different therapists and like right away, my parents were like, this is nothing to be ashamed of. This is just like something that you need to work on because it's, it's affecting your, your physicality, like, and your, and your life. And so, and then I have been in therapy for pretty much ever since, you know, different types. There's so many different types of therapy and I, you know, I've definitely gone through a couple years of not doing it as much, but I think for me, having someone to talk to and having and learning tools, like right now for the past, like five years, I've been really into cognitive behavioral therapy, like learning tools that literally help you rewire your brain or like help you if you're having a panic attack or something is so, so useful. But basically it was like understanding what what was going on, having someone to talk to Um, I'm open. I've, I've taken medication in the past and still take as needed. And I think for me, understanding what it was doing to my physical body was a real wake up call. Like when I was so tired that I could barely stand or like when, like, I just looked my, like my skin was gray because I was so tired or my hair would fall out because I was so anxious. And that's when I was like, okay, this is having like a literal effect on me. Like I have to take control of this and I have to become empowered because I don't want to let this run my
2: life yeah and and it's a great point because i think even like a lot of people that we've spoken with like they have like super supportive parents but i think even at that time it was just like not something that anyone knew how to exactly deal with didn't have like the vocabulary to talk about right and so i think it's amazing that you had that support system and i think something we're trying to do with the show is just like Even if you don't have that, obviously, like, you could listen to other people talking about it, which makes it feel more, you know, more normal. And and then I think you also made a great point, which is, like, it's very hard to see, like, mental health, like, affecting someone. And, like, it's not until you reach that point of, like, insomnia or, like, your hair falling out or different, you know, things that we've heard that, like, finally people are able to see, like, oh, like, this is, like, real, right? Which is pretty sad because it has to get to that point, um, which... Yeah, it's just like so backwards.
0: Yeah,
1: our bodies are so smart and in tune with how we're feeling. And you know, like they say, our second brain is in our gut, basically how everything is so connected and your body is always giving you signs of of how you're really feeling if if something doesn't feel right that usually means that it's not right whether it's tightness in your chest or your stomach hurts or your heart is starting to beat super fast it's like there's a famous book that i've referenced before like the body keeps the score but about how all of our traumas and experiences and memories are stored in our body somewhere and if we kind of listen to it uh it'll really tell us how we're feeling honestly
0: Totally. I recently read the mind gut connection. That's another really good one just about like food and how it can affect, you know, as you said, your stomach is like your second brain. And I mean, I agree, like your body is so smart. And it's, it's like all of that, you know, anxiety, trauma, whatever is all stored in the connective Mm -hmm. tissue. Like, I fully believe all that. Like, I don't know how woo woo you guys get. But there's this thought that like, that trauma is stored in the fascia, which is like the connective tissue in your body. And that's like why you get aches and pains. And sometimes people are like, but I'm healthy or like I work out or whatever. And it's like, it's because it's, it's your mind. And they're, the two are so interconnected. And, you know, we have this huge emphasis on like going to the gym and like eating healthy and whatever. And we're so vocal about, what we do to keep our physical selves looking good. And and only now are we starting to be as proud to take care of our brains. But it's like the two are, are equal in my mind. So it's like we have, to, we have to take care of both of them so they can serve each other.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree with all of that. And it made me think of one thing that I learned that I don't remember entirely. So I'll probably won't get this completely right. But the quote of just like time heals all wounds is just really not true at all because there's a part of our brain i forget what it's called but where all of our unprocessed traumas and kind of events are stored and even if we're not consciously thinking about them they're like filed away in some cabinet back there and any time that anything brings them up or triggers them in any way they'll immediately kind of pop out and our body will have some sort of response to them and we might not even remember what the thing is but it's still there just kind of waiting like a like a check engine light or something and it's not until we actually like do whatever type of therapy you need to do to kind of go back there open that file cabinet dig it out read the file really process that thing put it to bed and then it won't be affecting you and kind of showing up in these ways anymore totally yeah um i'm curious uh just doing some research on you saw you went to undergrad at Stanford, which is dope. I can't imagine that they were teaching a a TikTok course there. (laughs) What did you kind of want to be like when you were growing up uh, and even at school? Like what what was your kind of plan for your life before all this happened?
0: I was always obsessed with reading and writing. So I went to Stanford to do English. I did creative writing. And I thought, I actually thought after school, I wanted to be I wanted to be in fashion, so right after school I worked yeah. at Gap Inc at their headquarters in San Francisco, um and then at a fashion tech startup called Poshmark. But the whole time when I was working, I was also freelance writing and that was where I was really so happy. Like that was my joy. But, you know, for anybody who's a freelance writer, it's really really hard to make a good living and I couldn't I couldn't just do that. So I was working and writing And then I was like, you know, I have to give this a full go because this is when I'm most happy is when I'm like creating. So I'm going to go back to school for a master's in journalism. So I I moved to New York and I went to Parsons School of Design for a master's in fashion journalism. And it was there that I realized not only that I did not vibe with New York, but also that I didn't really care about fashion in the way that I thought I did. And my whole, like, I just started to think, God, I'm just so happy when I'm writing. Like my favorite time is when I'll get an email back from a girl saying like, this was so funny or like this resonated with me, but I didn't, I still didn't know like what it meant. Like, I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna keep writing. I'm just gonna keep going. I started consulting for brands, like doing their social media and helping them with their messaging. So even though I didn't know it, it was all kind of leading to content creation. And that's why I tell people like, you don't always have to have a plan. And like, I love the phrase, like we plan and God laughs, but you just have to like follow your curiosity. Like, don't be stressed if, if you don't graduate college and you're like, I want to do this, like you might think that, but your plan will probably change. And, and that's okay. Just keep following that thread, that curiosity. So then I was like, as soon as I graduated, I was like, I have to get out of here. I have to move back to California. And something was telling me like, move to LA. You, you know, it's more exciting than San Francisco. Great weather. You have friends there. So I moved to LA and then I was um, consulting, still writing, writing, pretty happy. And then the pandemic hit and obviously no one wanted articles and obviously no companies needed help because all the companies that I was helping were like bankrupt. And I was like, God, I, you know, I'm enjoying TikTok so much, but like, I feel like I could contribute. There's content that I want to see that's not here. So why don't I just make it? And then as soon as I made my first video, I was like, this is my passion. This is what I was born to do. I want to make videos every day to the day day that I die and it's definitely evolved over the last year but it was very instantaneous that I was like this is this is what it's right
1: wow yeah what a story I mean it's I have a similar journey of like a lot of change around school and and being a young adult and just kind of navigating that I think it's great to hear and a great message for us to share with everyone because it is a time where it seems like you're only supposed to do one thing and there's really just like one clear path that everyone has to do and follow and you know when you're a freshman and sophomore you you go home and everyone's asking you what what you're majoring in and what you want to do and all these kind of things and I think it's so okay to not have those answers and change is such a natural part of life that is so important that we need to embrace and if you don't know what you want to do, I think that's just as exciting as knowing what you do want to do at times and just trying stuff. And And I've even spoken to people who are passionate about things, but they don't ever see themselves being able to do those things. And just hearing you say that it's like, why not? Why not do those things like whatever you love, like whatever you're spending your time doing and engaging with, like, why don't you just try and do it and, and see what happens. And it's awesome to hear you about literally the first video that I threw up like I was like, Wow, like th- this is it for me. This makes me feel great and this is what I want to do. It, like it's such a big thing that we complicate in our heads so much, but when you break it down like that, it it can be kind of simple and and more approachable for people.
0: Totally. And I always tell people like I found my dream job when I was 29. I was unemployed. I was living in a studio apartment in LA, 6,000 miles away from my family. Like I didn't know what was going on. So, like it might not happen the day you graduate college. It might not happen five years later, but as long as you're like learning and working hard and learning things about yourself, like that's all that matters. I think that, you know, I say this a lot, but I think your 20s are such a mismarketed decade. There's so much pressure to like have your dream job, find your dream relationship, know which city you're going to live in, like have it all planned. And also, by the way, have a lot of fun while doing it. (laughs) And I think that like, extreme pressure makes people feel very alone and very lost a lot of the times. And it's just like, you know, it's not the same as our parents' generation. Like you don't have to have everything sorted. You don't need to be married by the time you're 25 with a house in the suburbs. Like everybody's path is different. So as long as you are learning and like, I think you made a great point. Like it's, it's important to find out what you like, but also if you don't like something consider that a win. Like if you try a job and you're like, actually, that's not for me at all. I thought I wanted to be an accountant. I actually fucking hate accounting. That's a win because you learn something very valuable. So it's really just about like the narrative you tell yourself. And again, this comes with practice, but yeah, I just, I think that there's so much pressure to figure it out and there really is no timeline. Those are timelines that we make up and and impress upon ourselves.
2: Yeah. And I think you made a really good point in following your curiosity which i think in some ways has become harder now because like you're seeing everyone on social media right you're seeing all these like highlights of people's lives oh like this person's so successful or so happy or whatever and then you're like that means like i can't not like my job or that means like i need to figure it out right now where like almost like your 20s is the time to like try a million things even if they don't all work out like that's like when it's least risky right like you don't usually have all these like demands you're not like married have kids all these things that like once you do it becomes harder to like change paths and so i think we got very fortunate like in starting mad happy when we were like 22 23 like that's very lucky and we see that like as like a very like like something we're grateful for but like it could happen when you're 35 45 or 55 or even later and i think that's the thing like we think everything's like Like, we think, like, 20 years from now, like, we're just, like, done, right? But, like, we still have, like, 40, 50 years to live. And and, and so I think it's just, like, such a good point.
1: A note on that is, like, the same point that you just made professionally also applies personally to a lot of, like, our mental health journeys. Like, obviously, like, Tink's, most of the listeners know I've been in therapy since I was seven years old and a young kid. But Mm -hmm. that... Starting that journey, the earlier you start that journey, I think it it will pay dividends in the long run because some Mm -hmm. like 12 step Mm -hmm. meetings that I've been in or some people that were in my program with me who were like old timers, like 50s, 60s and 70s and even older are like, I'm so jealous of you that you are starting this process at this age because like you just said payment, like the stakes are lower, right? Like the relationships that I unfortunately like destroyed because of what I was going through. It was real and it really hurt, but I I wasn't married. I didn't have kids. These were like times to really learn these things and kind of go through this and figure it out before your life is more cemented and the stakes are a lot higher and things can come out and be a lot uglier. This is kind of the time, whether you've never been in therapy before or you're someone who's so passionate about mental health this stuff will come up eventually in your life. And I think the sooner that you can just swallow the pill and start your journey, whatever it looks like, even if it's just journaling or something like that, it's better to just get started on that path.
0: A hundred percent, a hundred percent agree. Whatever it is, just start today. Like I don't remember what that phrase is, but like the journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step. Like it's literally just one thing, like just do one thing yeah. and start today. And even if it sucks and even if you're, you don't feel like you did a good job, at least you did it today and not tomorrow. Yeah. And t- tomorrow you'll be better. It's like, it's just, you can't, yeah, I totally agree with that for sure.
2: Yeah. And I think, you know, it, it's great to hear that story of just like the first time you made content, like you were like, this is it for me. Like, I think that's like an amazing feeling that is super rare and I'm sure you're super grateful for. Like, when talking about the type of content you make, like, how did you, like, was that like you were like, this is missing or like, this is like what I want to speak to? Or did that shape up over like the last, you know, year and a half? Like, how did that come to be?
0: That definitely shaped up over the, the past year and a half. I think, um, you know, to begin with, I was like this. I just love creating. I always tell people when they're like, I don't know. I don't know where to begin or like, I don't know where to start with TikTok or, or content. And I'm like, I always just say, make the content you want to see. So I like mm-hmm. loved TikTok so much, but I thought, I'm a little older, like I'm a millennial. I don't see a lot of millennial content on here. I don't see like starter packs, like we millennials, we love a starter pack, like kind of like a live meme format. We love a list. We love like making fun of coastal elites, which is obviously something I love to do. And then like the more comfortable I got, the more I kind of tried out different formats. And I, I, I was seeing all this traction and I was like, you know, I have this this weird thing I do where I like write these rich mom characters, which is like so weird. I mean, think about how strange that is, but I was like, you know what? People have liked everything else that I put out. I'm just going to try. I'm just going to try. And it like exploded. People are like, that's the thing that people like the most from me right now. And then I also started vlogging because I was like, Right away, I could tell this is going to be a pivotal year in my life with a lot of change, and I want to remember. I'm a very nostalgic person. I want to remember everything, so I started making vlogs, and I was like, even if nobody watches them, I'll have them for me. And again, found that they were instrumental in making a connection with my followers and having them get to know me and like letting them in on everything in my life. And then right away, that transformed this like very deep connection I have with them, and I've taken them on the journey, and I tell them about my heartbreak. I tell them about when I'm sad. I talk about my mental health issues. Like, and so the formats keep evolving and they keep coming. And I'm so grateful that my followers and my community like continues to go there with me because it's, it's a great experience.
1: Yeah. Did you like, obviously I just discovered you like a few months ago and, and, and was doing a lot of prep here, like watching a lot of your stuff and reading about you. And it seems like now a lot of your stuff really is about mental health when it comes to relationships and and self-esteem and really empowering a bunch of young women. Was that consciously something that you wanted your stuff to be about or the more that you kind of just let people into your life? Did that naturally just come as like mental health is a part of me? So mental health will kind of be a part of my content.
0: Yeah, I think I think it was just like, it's a part of me. And, you know, as my platform continues to grow, I feel I do have a responsibility to talk about, important issues and also issues that like i can speak on so like i have personal experience from this and i think like if i if i can make it i mean this is a real story and this is like probably one of the most meaningful experiences of my life i was at a wedding like two weeks ago and a girl came up to me and she was like i'm one of your followers and i want you to know that you made me feel brave enough to go to therapy and like made me feel like it was okay to go And like I get notes like that and but to meet someone and have her like look me in the eyes and say that if that is the only thing that I do this year, that's a win for me because I'm trying to be the person that I needed. Like the person who, you know, I see on social media and I look up to in some ways, but like is also like a realistic kind of person like if I can make it cool to be like, you guys, like I talk, I say every week to my followers, like, oh, I'm so excited. It's Wednesday. I'm going to therapy today. Like if I can just drum that into their head, that it's cool. And it's like, I, that's like what I was put on earth to do. I'm so happy to do that.
1: Yeah. I think it's like so important too. uh, I never feel like you're giving really advice that you haven't lived through in some way. Like you're not just this talking head who's like a doctor that's like preaching down to the people it's like no i'm i'm sitting kumbaya like right here with you (laughs) telling about what i learned through this and what i found was helpful to me not like telling you guys what i think you should do which is like such an important part of like sharing our own experiences and just relating to other people being empathetic in that way instead of just being like you should do this
0: totally and i think like with advice it's so tricky because it's like you can't just yell at, the, at your followers and be like, just, just be confident, just do it, just ask him yeah. out, just whatever. <laughs> like that's not helpful. Like that's just that feels like, like more stressful. So I,
2: yeah, you
0: know, I have lived a lot of life. Like they all call me their big sister because, like, listen, I have lived in New York, L.A., and San Francisco. I've dated a lot of guys. I've had my heart broken. I've been broken up with. I've broken up with people. Like I've seen it all. And so when I give them advice, it's like it's, I always say, because I want you to learn from my mistakes. Like that's my whole thing is if I can slip on the banana peel and tell you guys about it so that you don't slip on it, then that's great. And if we can all laugh while doing that, that's, that's the sweet spot. So yeah, I always try to be like, to give a personal example or like to back it up or to explain why they should do something when they ask me a question and not just be like, like, fuck him. Like, fuck that. You know what it's just like, that's not helpful
2: yeah and I I just thought of when you were saying that like I think there's you know there's a difference between like that one person that comes up to you and then like your tiktoks that go viral right and I think like oftentimes like even for us right like what we're trying to do on the mental health side like we know it's not like a viral thing right but we're like even if it's like one person per episode or per article we put out that's like impacted in some way by it then like that's success for like that type of content or like that type of thing we're putting out into the world. And yes, like there's room for like the really exciting things we do. Like, like, you know, hundreds of thousands of people coming to our website, all that stuff is great when like feeds into this. But I think in content, you don't think like one person being impacted is good usually. And it's funny, like in this situation, it, it really is.
0: Totally. And I think like the two serve each other, right? Because if people like the way I think about it is like, if people can see me and like see me being funny or doing like a sketch on TikTok that goes viral and seeing me have like a full fun life, but then also see me being like, yeah, like I really struggle with anxiety all the time. And like, this is how it affected me. Like they serve each other because then it's like, oh, well, if she can have a full life, but she goes to therapy and has anxiety, then if I feel that way, then like I'm inspired that I can reach that too. So, you know, they're, they're connected and they, and they serve each other. It's like, I think that the era of seeing people in the public eye through only one lens is over. I feel like when I was growing up, we would see celebrities and we, they would just have one thing about them. They'd be like, oh, she's the bombshell actress or like, oh, he's the heartthrob actor. And it's like, no, like people in the public eye are still people. They're multifaceted. They yeah. have good days. They have bad days. Sometimes they're funny. Sometimes they're crying. Like, that's again what i try to show my followers is like my entire life like for better or worse 360 because i don't want to create an unrealistic standard that's just like oh here i am in la like getting to go to cool parties and like making content, you know
2: yeah and yeah and i think that's become more popular which i think is a good sign of just like people being more like authentic to themselves and really like showing everything um like that big sister point you made which like it feels like you're almost like being a big sister, like to yourself of like the content you would have wanted to see or like the type of support, like that could have been helpful to you. Like, how did you, did you become more comfortable with that in time? Like I feel like you're super like vulnerable, like on with your content, like, like you talked about, like going through a breakup. So publicly, like I feel like that's super brave. And would you have done that? Like the first two weeks you were making content or is that something that like built up in you over
0: time? No, it definitely, it's a great question. It really built up over time, I think because of my followers and like how incredible they are and how they'll, they'll go there with me. They will really like support me. They want to know, they feel like a friend to me and it's through their support that I feel okay to be vulnerable because, you know, of course you get the odd troll here and there, but for the most part, the more vulnerable I am, the more I feel close to them and the more they can learn. So it's just like this incredible relationship, but they are my safety net. They're like, they're what I wake up for in the morning. I love them so much. And, and everything I do is in service to them. And, and it's them who have allowed me to become who I am today.
1: Yeah. It was, uh, I asked my girlfriend who follows you, like, what should I ask tanks? And, and, and she sent me that one video. I, I think it's from a couple weeks ago, but where you like found the news about that guy and we're super upset. And like, I was like totally taken back. I was like, yeah. Holy shit. Like this is so raw and so real. And she's just like giving us a courtside seat to her literally in real time, kind of finding this out. So that was super cool. And, and you should feel really proud of yourself for that. And then I'm kind of wondering after that happened, how did you feel kind of uploading that? What was the response? And it just, are you conflicted at all to actually like hide anything or like, is it really, you feel fine putting it all out there like that? Because it is such a personal and private thing and so fresh at the same time.
0: Yeah, that was crazy. I mean, honestly, God, it was, it was so insane. Like I found out and then I, I was, I like recorded the video right away because I just wanted to like capture what get I get it. Wanting. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, I can't like put this up. This is insane. And then I was just like, dude, I've taken my followers with me on everything for the past year. And I was, I told them about how happy I was. And I mean, that was also like the thing is I was so humiliated because I, I had been like, I'm so happy. Like we're so in love. This is incredible. Yeah. And then to be like betrayed and, Oh God, it, I was like, but I have to tell them eventually. And then I thought, I have this extremely rare opportunity to, firstly, like be vulnerable and to show that being vulnerable is brave. It's not cringy, like to have yeah. feelings. I don't, and I t- I said in the video, I was like, I'm not embarrassed that I fell first for him. I'm not embarrassed that I trusted someone that I loved. Like, yeah. I also really wanted to change the conversation around like cheating. I think usually people say like, oh she was cheated on or whatever, but it's like, it's nothing that you did. It's something that the person who cheated did. And and so many girls write into me about it. I was like, I have this opportunity to say that I'm not embarrassed, like humiliated. Yeah. Because I had just been like, I'm so in love with him. I want to marry him. And then like humiliated. Yes, but not embarrassed for trusting someone I love. And then like, I felt this not to get a woo woo, but like a higher power being like, you can inspire people. You can you can show people how to be strong. Like you've taken them this far, like why not? And so I I did it. And the response was incredible. I mean, the notes that I received from people going through the same thing or who have gone through the same thing, it was unbelievable. And I'm glad that I did it. You know, people keep asking me like, "Oh, are you going to share your next relationship on social? And I, I think I will. I think, you know, I'll cross that bridge when I come to it, but my relationship with my followers is the most important thing to me. And anybody who I'm with like needs to understand and respect that. Um, And obviously I have some boundaries. Like I never said his name or showed him or whatever, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't regret my choice at all. I'm glad I did it.
1: Yeah. I think the, uh, the most important thing that I took away from it and even hearing about you speak about it now is like not feeling like it was your fault. I think we often like the first thing that we think of is like, what could I have done differently to make him or her love me more or to make him or her not do that? Where did I drop the ball? How was I not enough just naturally, which is like such an unhealthy and toxic place to go. And I think it's great to be able to reframe it and like be proud of, of, of the love that you felt and however deep that you fell and really understand that this was something that was out of your control that. Yeah. did Like it, it, does have something to do with you, but it really doesn't have anything to do with you. It has everything to do with this other person and their own journey that they're kind of going on. And I guess my question for you now is coming out of that, what do you kind of look for in a partner? What are you taking away from this? What do you feel like you can learn from an experience of of having your heart broken that can hopefully set you up for just like healthier and better relationships moving forward?
0: You know, I'm really grateful for the relationship, actually. I... And that's the other thing that I told my followers, like, I think it's easy to look back and be like, ah, like, fuck that, like, blah, 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 waste of mm-hmm. time. Like, mm-hmm. I'm grateful. Like, I'm feel lucky that I got to feel that depth of emotion. And I, I feel like it was genuinely warming my heart up for something even bigger. And it showed me like, it reminded me how much I love being in love and how much I love loving someone and and like being a girlfriend and being a partner, Um, and I'm grateful. And I think you can learn something from every single relationship. You know, it was, it was a lot of fun. There were, you know, I would be lying if I said I, it wasn't a great couple months and it was super fun. And, um, I love being in love. So I think I will continue to live life with an open heart and continue to be vulnerable. Like I I hate, it breaks my heart when girls write to me and they're like, Oh, my boyfriend cheated on me. I don't feel like I can trust again. Or I feel like it's me. Like, what should I do for myself? And it's like, nothing like again as you said it's about the other person like continue to live live with an open heart and like be kind and be and be trusting and like give off the energy that you want to receive I truly believe that in dating like if you are honest and straightforward and lead with an open heart like you will get that back you know so
2: yeah totally and I think you also made a good point of just like you shared what was you know a very low moment for you probably like one of the lowest that, that you felt at least like and so i think it's it's both like talking about how it's okay that you feel those lows because almost like if you didn't share that it would be like you weren't being your true self and like weren't being authentic to like your whole audience which is like all of your content anyway and and so it was extremely brave that you did and then i also think it just like it goes back to the mental health thing we were talking about earlier which is like right now everyone only talks about like mental health on like the dark end of the spectrum whereas like physical health right is on the spectrum of like i work out and i get injured right like those are like the two sides and so i think mental health is a lot more about like building the tools to like prevent things instead of just like treating it when when you're feeling bad and so i think being able to talk about that range of uh, you know, emotion and, and feeling is super important. Like how much of that do you see as like this, like new responsibility that like, you know, you have this like platform, you have these followers and like, you want to show, you know, you want to show all of that. Right. Cause it's not only affecting you now, but like there are other people who are, are like looking up to you who are like young kids. And so how do you think about that?
0: Yeah, I think it's a great point. I think it's like, you know, how do you talk about, like when you're when you're in a good place, like how do you talk about mental health in a positive way? I, I try to tell my followers like the routines that I do. I mean, we're talk we started the conversation talking about routines and like healthy habits and whatever. And I think like that's one thing I do. I, I always say, like, guys, because they always ask me, like, how do you deal with anxiety? And I'm like, guys, like it's not always sexy, but like to me, routine is like a really big part of keeping good mental health. And like going to therapy every week, like never missing that. Um, like keeping a list of things that you want to talk about with your therapist, um, being responsible for your own triggers. For me, working out every morning is extremely important for my anxiety. You know, journaling, things like that. Just like little positive things because like people are so like, oh, here's a gym selfie. Like da, da, da. I'm like, here's a therapy selfie. Like send me a picture of you looking cute after you talk to your therapist. Like that's fucking cool to me. So you know, I think you make a great point. It's like, not just like, Ooh, I'm like feeling like I'm going to have a panic attack or I'm having a really anxious week, but it's like when things are good, you know, that's as equally important a time to lay the foundation, make good habits, like build on that yeah. on that progress of mental health. Um, because it's, you know, as you guys said, it's like, it's every day. It's not something where it's like red and green, like you're done. Like once you battle got the lifelong thing. So, um, for
1: sure. All right. I, I, I got some fun, quick ones for you do it all right what is something that's overrated and something that's underrated about la
0: something that's overrated about la is um i love la so much
1: (laughs) (laughs) me too honestly like i was like she better not say in and out i'll be so pissed
0: i ooh, actually that's a good one because i'm not a big in and out fan so that's that's actually fine because i'm just i'm not an in and out person like i'm a mcdonald's fry person and Like I get a McDonald's. That's, that's what I like. The In-N-Out fries are soggy. So maybe I'll just say that.
1: Do you like burgers
0: though? It's just, it, everything tastes the same at In-N-Out. It's just, it's not my thing. It's not, I know it's unpopular. Underrated is the people. I think people shit on LA people so much. And I think it gets such a bad rep. And I've made more friends in the past two years than I have in like most of my other years in my 20s. I think there's wonderful people here. I think it's a very creative town. Are there some assholes here? Yes, there's assholes everywhere though. And I think just because LA is shinier and there's more cameras on it, like people mm. like, to be like, oh, it's so toxic. And like, people are awful. I I found the people to be really nice here. So that's what I'm going to say for underrated.
1: That's a good one. Uh, what is your favorite rich mom character and why? <laughs>
0: I love Rich Malibu Mom because that's the one I identify <laughs> with. and That's where I'm headed. So <laughs> I love her. <laughs> love it. Uh,
1: what do you think is a healthier place for our mental health between Instagram and TikTok?
0: Definitely TikTok, to be honest with you. I mean, TikTok is all about come as you are. I mean, I started my whole TikTok career in hoodies, no makeup,
2: glasses,
0: mm-hmm. like everything. um, And and people yeah. were like, you're funny. Like, this is cool. I'm going to follow you. Instagram, yeah. I've been on for 10 plus years, battling with saying, guys, <laughs> you think this picture, this picture, like, does my ass look bigger in this one or this one? Should I put another filter on? Like, for what? Like, TikTok is ushering in a new era where it's like, who cares what you look like like are you are you funny are your ideas good are you genuine are you authentic are you making content for the right reasons and i think that's why i feel so at home there because like before it felt like content was always wrapped up in you know how you look and whatever and now it's just like i'm just my words like who cares anymore yeah. maybe
1: i'll maybe i'll download tiktok after this <laughs> uh, <laughs> this one i just thought of but i'm honestly the most excited it seems like you share absolutely everything what is something that you feel like your followers don't know about you?
0: Mm. That's a really good one. <laughs> I um, It's funny. I I asked my friend that. I was with her like in Big Sur. Yeah. Someone asked that and she was like, well, I actually think people don't realize how sensitive you are. She mm. was like, you're so like protective and everyone's calling you big sister and like coming to you with all these problems and you would like do anything for them. But she said, you're really sensitive and things – really get to you. And that's, you You don't really let them see that. And, and that's true. But, you know, uh, I, I will in time, I think it's just like, right now, it's important for me to be really strong for them and to set a good example in every area. But yeah, I'm really sensitive, things get to me, they build up. And
1: yeah, I mean, yeah. in just from the little bit of your stuff that I've watched, I think that does come across i think if that's naturally just like a big part of who you are that's naturally what will come across the page to people who can kind of read people yeah. and understand people yeah <laughs> so I, I i think that's coming across already in, in everything that you do
0: Good.
2: yeah totally um and before we wrap up thanks i'm wondering like obviously like you said you're giving you are a big sister now like if you're looking back to your like 20 year old self and like you could only like provide like one message like what would you say
0: i would say the that- phrase that I say a 100 times a day to myself and my followers, which is comparison is the thief of joy. And I only learned that like in my mid 20s. And it's been the most instrumental mantra to my life. And it truly you can't compare yourself to your friends, people on the internet, don't even compare yourself to where you think you should be or where you were like, it's not helpful, ground yourself in gratitude and in the present. And don't compare and th- this will change your life. It's so simple, but like, if you really live it, it's, it's incredible.
2: Yeah. It, it really is just like such a simple message, but like so much harder to do than, than you would think and takes a lot of practice. Um, but my last question for you is like, how do you think about the future of tanks and like, you know, this, like, of course you want to create content that's like empowering people, making f- people feel better, all of that. But like, how do you see that evolving over like the many years to come? Like you said, you want to make content forever. So I'm sure it'll evolve a lot. How do you think about it?
0: I want, I really have so many things that I want to do. I think just continuing to strengthen the connection with my audience and grow my audience and also, and, and speak to them in new ways. So the jump to audio, whether it's podcast, radio, um, the jump to longer form content would be incredible. I just want to. I want to. I always say I want to grow up with my followers. Like this is a relationship that's just beginning. It's going to evolve. I want to go through life with them and and find new platforms and new um, mediums to to connect with them on.
2: Amazing.
1: Well, that was payments last question, but it wasn't my last question. Um, we end every episode with the same two questions that I'll give to you. The first is if you could nominate anyone to come on the show who has a powerful mental health journey that's inspired you or someone who has never opened up about their mental health that you would love to hear from, uh, who would you nominate?
0: Uh, My friend, Christy Rutherford, who is an ex um, Harper's Bazaar editor. She's incredible. She's very open about um, her mental health and she writes an incredible newsletter. She's really into astrology. She's very intuitive and also just so interesting to hear her perspective coming from the cutthroat fashion world like of editors in new york city to now she's living um i think like in upstate new york and just hearing the the journey that she's gone on is is so interesting and how it affected her mental health so she's fabulous would love to hear her on the pod
1: love it and uh lastly tinks what makes you mad happy
0: um my followers I love them so much <laughs>
1: shout out the followers
2: yeah definitely well what thanks thank you so much like you've definitely like been an inspiration to us and an inspiration to so many so we really appreciate you coming on the show we know people will love this episode and and all of your content so we're really excited to you know watch and and support as as you continue to grow and evolve so thank you so much for coming on
0: thanks guys what you're doing is so incredible i i love what you're doing for mental health it's so inspiring i feel really lucky and honored that you asked me to be on the podcast and be part of part of the journey in some small way so excited to continue our friendship
1: Thank you guys so much for listening. It means the world to us that you took time out of your day to listen to our conversation with Tinks about mental health. What an inspiring conversation. I mean, it was so cool for us to learn more about someone who does that for a living and who chooses to use that platform to spread messages and create conversation around mental health. We also want to remind everyone that mental health is an ongoing process and is something that takes daily work. For more information on how to get support. Again, you can always find us at localoptimist.com backslash podcast.
2: If you want to support the show, please follow us on Spotify, subscribe on Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. And
1: tune in next week for our conversation with where we talk about, you guessed it, mental health. See you next time. The Mad Happy Podcast is brought to you by Optimism.